0: Hey, welcome to Christmas at Victory Church. Yeah, how you doing? This is always one of my favorite times of the year um, because it's a little different. And so as you can see, one of the things that we like to do is we like to be able to bring the entire family into the house, um, which is new to some people, but we think it's important for it to be one service throughout the year where, where kids can not only see us worshiping, and see us uh, experiencing God, but also allow all of our team members to be in here. And, and I'll give you an idea. I leaned over to uh, Miss Jenny, and I said, hey, Christmas at Victory is officially on because my youngest put crayons in my back pocket, and I sat down on them, so there's a good chance that my backside is blue, red, and yellow right now. I don't know, but welcome to Christmas at Victory Church. Uh, one of the most exciting things for me is that our entire V Kids team gets to be in service and experience Christmas with their family. Yeah, go on, give it up for him. Every Sunday... You get the privilege of dropping your kids off at V Kids, whether it's in the nursery area or the elementary area, and come in and you have a worry-free service where you don't have to worry about your kids because they're being taught the gospel and all that. And then you go and pick them up, and you just get to enjoy service. And so uh, it's cool to be able to have one Sunday. And I want to take a minute. Last Sunday we had the opportunity to highlight Quang and Samantha Pitch, who lead our V Kids Elementary team. And I want to take this moment to highlight Tim and Ginny Glimp, who are the V Kids Nursery directors. So would you guys stand for just one moment? They've got their beautiful, precious baby. Maybe Charlie with them. So would you give them, come on church, show Miss Jenny applause, give them a high five, applause for them, love on them. Yes. Thank you guys so much as you lead your team every Sunday to allow people again to be able to experience the gospel. 200, I think we're at 205 salvations now for Victory Church in the two years. It will be two years in January and it doesn't come without these ministry teams being able to lead and love on the kids and teach the gospel to the kids that it, uh, it happens and it works. So again, church, one more time, give it up for all kids teams, our elementary and nursery directors. Hey, if you're visiting with us today, maybe you're here because you're, this is your family's church or you're in town, or maybe you're just checking us out for the first time because it's the Christmas holiday. On behalf of my wife, Darla, and I, we want to say welcome to Victory Church. We are in a series right now called In My Feelings. We started it last week. I'll talk about it real briefly today, and then we'll finish it next week, where we are addressing the common mental issues that we are facing today, things like anxiety and depression. And you say, man, who preaches about that during Christmas? Well, one of the reasons why we wanted to talk about that is because, according to research, this time of the year is when those feelings are at their peak because we're all dealing with different things. And so this is, to me, the best time to talk about it. Along with the scriptural uh, discussion that we'll have, on the sermon notes, as Pastor Brian alluded to, if you'll scroll all the way down on the app to the sermon notes, you'll find a couple of book references, and you'll also find some links to some Christian counselors. I have a friend who is a counselor that I met with and kind of went through some of the, hey, talk to me th- about this stuff, explain this to me, um, and, and she gave a couple of links to where if you're in that part of your life where you feel like you need to go that direction, uh, there are some resources there for you. Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you open up the book of Matthew chapter 1? If you have your Bibles, if not, you can follow along on your phone. You can just Google Matthew chapter 1. If you don't have either of them, they'll be on the screen behind me. I'm going to read six verses that are going to be very common to you around this time of the year. And then we're going to take those verses and we're going to see two things that Joseph shows us when it comes to facing our feelings. Okay? So Matthew chapter 1, we're going to start at verse 18. And it says this. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. And because he will save his people, because he will save his people from their sins, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. This morning I want to talk to you real briefly about this topic, What? is in your mind. I want to talk to you about what is in your mind. During this time of year, we all have a lot going through our minds, right? First of all, you're all prepping for Christmas. You're all kind of, you got plans of what you're going to do, what Christmas is going to look like, what gifts you're going to get, what gifts you're not going to get, what gifts you might receive. How many of you have already got all Christmas shopping done? Everybody? We got about about 30% of you or so, which means you've got about three days to finish your Christmas shopping. How many of you had an unexpected person you had to buy Christmas presents for? Anybody? Yep. One, two. All right, so some of you are on your game. Uh, how many of you thought you were going to do one thing for Christmas, but now you're doing something differently? Let me, let me see it, all Right. And so this is what happens. You have something in your mind. One of the top premarital counseling questions is this. Where are you going to spend the holidays? Because there are different people that expect different things. And so we all had something in mind for the holidays. And they say that in this process, when we have something in mind and it doesn't go the way we expect it to, that causes things like anxiety and depression to rise. So watch this. While some people are singing, it's the most wonderful time of the year. There are a lot of people singing, it's the most worrisome time right? How many of you are it's the most worrisome time of the year, right? There we go. Okay, just a few of you. Um, And so I want to look at two quick things that when it comes to our mind that we can learn from this quick story of Joseph, okay? And kids, there's a couple times where I'm going to use you in the sermon. I want to hear from you. So I'm going to practice real quick. Kids, if you're in the building, let me hear you. All right, we're going to test that one more time. Kids, if you're in the building, let me hear you. There we go. All right. So here's the two quick things I want to talk to you about that Joseph shows us. Number one is this it's our interpretation. When it comes to being able to face our feelings, we talked last week about the goal is not for you to not have these feelings. A lot of people want you to stop having anxiety or stop having depression. And we looked at Philippians 4 6 and said it's not so much about you not having the feelings as much as it is you learning to lead those feelings. And Philippians 4 6 says, take those feelings. To God. And so we talked about being able to lead those feelings. So the first way that you can lead those feelings is through your interpretation. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 said this This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, here is what I want to tell you real quick. I feel like Joseph doesn't get enough credit during this time of the year. I get it. Mary labored baby Jesus and gave birth to Mary Jesus, or or to baby Jesus, and women, I'm not trying to say we deserve that kind of credit, but Joseph deserves some type of credit during this time of the year because of the way that he controlled his feelings. For example, if I came home and Darla met me at the door with a pregnancy test and said, Troy, we're going to have a third child, and I said, great, and she said, but the Father is the Holy Spirit, (laughs) I would have some questions, right? (laughs) I'd be checking her Insta story, I'd be on the Google calendar, I would snatch her little tell up and we would go on the Mari show so quick, you know what I mean? I'd be like, I'm not believing, until, until Mari says, op- until he opens the envelope and says, Troy, you are the father, or Troy, God is the father, I'm going to have some struggles with it, right? Man, how many of you agree? How many of you agree? You're going to have a hard time taking that and just kind of running with it. But Joseph did. Joseph interpreted that situation the right way. And if I'm honest with you, I think I would have interpreted it a different way. I don't think you would have interpreted it the right way. And here's what I'm learning about the way I think and about my feelings and my emotions. That often my feelings and my emotions are not a result of my situation, but they are a result of the way I interpret my situation. So, in other words, it's not the thing that gives me anxiety or depression, it's the way I interpret the thing that gives me anxiety or depression. Because here, and and correct me if I'm wrong, you can have two people in the same situation and they have two different interpretations. Am I right? Am I right? So there's power in an interpretation. In case you don't believe me, I'm going to show you evidence. This past week, Darla and I had the privilege of taking our kids to Disney World for their Christmas presents. Okay, And so Casey's 5 years old, Veda's 9 going on 10, and we rode all kinds of rides. And I want to show you a picture of Vader, or Darla and Casey Ray on one of these rides. Okay, <laughs> This is the Mount Everest ride. These are two people experiencing the same thing you get two different interpretations in case you can't see it let me help you this is Darla's interpretation of this situation Whoa! this is Casey Ray's interpretation of this situation I don't know if you can see it she is gripping her mother her eyes are closed and she's holding her breath all in one situation all right so it just goes to show you, look, the situation isn't the problem. It's how you what? Interpret it. It's always about how you interpret it. When it comes to our anxiety or our depression, a lot of times it's not the situation that's causing it as much as how we are interpreting that situation. I want to show you the message paraphrase of Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 real quick. And I think it sets it up in kind of a cool different way. It says, the birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, and before they came to the marriage bed, Joseph discovered she was pregnant. Now watch the parentheses. In marriage paraphrase, these parentheses are, or in the message paraphrase, the parentheses are there. Here's what it says. Watch this. It was the Holy Spirit, but he didn't know that. That has to be such a great, like, explanation of Joseph's emotions in this moment. You've got, look at me, you've got God's plan, and then you have Joseph's perspective. The verse is God's plan. God's going to send an angel, and going to use a virgin named Mary to become pregnant with the, with the son of God, and he's going to be born, and he's going to be the savior of the world. That's God's plan. But in parentheses is Joseph's perspective of God's plan. He didn't know it. Listen to me. A lot of times our anxiety and our depression is not because of God's plan. It's our interpretation of God's plan, right? Here's God's plan. God's going to provide. God's going to deliver. God's going to set us free. God's going to guide us. That's not where I'm getting my emotions. My emotions are coming from the parentheses. It's the way I'm interpreting what God is doing. So if God's not doing it the way I thought he was going to do it, I start to get anxiety or depression. It's the parentheses. It's not God's plan it's what's happening in the parentheses. And I felt, uh, I felt led to tell you something this morning. God cares about your parentheses, okay? God cares about how you feel. God cares about the emotions that you're going through. God does not see that and go, you need to stop. There's something wrong with you. God doesn't respond that way. God understands that there is his plan, and then he understands that in parentheses is our perception. It's the way that we interpret it. And God cares about the way you interpret his plan. But listen to me. God totally understands that our emotions are data. He just doesn't want them to be the directive. He understands that they're data. When you have feelings, that's data. That's telling you about a situation. Fear, nervousness, anxiety. These these are data situations. What God doesn't want us to do is to allow them to become our directive. I'll give you an example. We were in Disney and we were getting ready to go on this ride called the Tower of Terror. Y'all familiar with that ride? Okay, you get on it, you get in an elevator, and then it drops really fast, is basically what it is. And so as we're going through the line to get on it, Veda, my nine-year-old, is she's starting to kind of take in everything, right? They show you this video, and it's kind of a scary video, and so she starts to get a little bit, a little scared, and then we're kind of walking through everything, and she's like, Dad, I don't really know about this. This is a little weird. I'm not sure. This is kind of crazy. And her feelings at that moment are data. They're telling her. They're, they're taking in the situation, which is fine. But we told her, she said, I don't wanna ride this. And we said, You're going to ride it. You have to experience it. Parents of the year, there you go, right? You're going to ride it. You're going to be dropped 30 feet in speed. Like, that's going to happen to you, young child. And so we just said, This is gonna happen because it can be data, but it cannot be the directive, right? If you ask her now, because she did ride it, if you ask her what her favorite ride at Disney World is, guess what she's gonna tell you? The Tower of Terror. She made me go write it again, all right? That's how much she loved it because her emotions could be data, but they weren't direction. Do you understand? Our emotions can be data. You can say, man, I feel this way about it," but you can't let it be your directive. And we see that happen again in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, where watch this. It says, but after he had considered this, the angel, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. So once Joseph considered his dreams, God sent his word. Anytime that you and I start allowing our emotions to become the directors, God wants us to go to his word. The emotions that we have should never be in the driver's seat. God's word should always be in the driver's seat. It's okay to understand that the emotions are there, but listen to me, church. We can't let it be the director. The more and more I started thinking about the idea of our emotions directing our lives, I had a picture in my mind. Kids, tell me if you recognize this at all. Put this picture up for me. Do y'all recognize this at all? Huh? Let me hear you. Yeah. What movie is this? Inside Out. Inside Out. Now, here's what's kept. Ca- all right, anybody know who this is right here? Uh, who, what, who? Who's this? Who's this? And who's this? Sadness. Now, what are they doing? They are directing the individual in the movie. And so here's the point. We all have these feelings. Nobody's telling you that these feelings have to be exited from your body. You have these feelings. What the Word of God is saying is please don't let it be the one that's working the controls. You can have them, but don't let them be the director. Listen to me, Joseph legally could have stoned Mary to death because of that news. He could have stoned her and been totally fine, not arrested, not put in prison. It had been totally, if he would have allowed his emotions to be the director. If he had allowed his emotions to make the decisions, then he could have done whatever he wanted to to marry and been totally fine with it. But because he trusted the Word of God and the Word of God said that God is going to send the Savior of the world through a virgin named Mary, who is your wife to be. And because he trusted the word of God and did not let his emotions be the director, then we see God's plan happen in his life. Amen? I like the way John Piper said it like this. My feelings are not good. My feelings don't define truth. God's word defines truth. Hear that this morning. Your feelings don't define truth. That's why they should not be the director. God's word defines truth. So the first thing you have to be able to monitor is the interpretation of your situation. Don't let your feelings determine it. Let the Word of God determine it. Second, lastly, is this. It's your intake. I believe that what we take in influences our interpretation. Again, Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 ends like this. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because, watch this, what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Here's what the Bible is saying. What you interpret is impacted by what you take in. It's why it's our interpretation, Because whatever you take in becomes or, or influences whatever you put out, right? Whatever you're taking in immediately influences what you put out. But now listen to this. When what we are taking in has more of the world than it does the Holy Spirit, We are guaranteed to feel anxiety and depression. When whatever we're taking in is filled more with what the world is saying or doing than it does the Holy Spirit or the Word of God, we can guarantee that we're going to experience anxiety and depression. And now, more than ever, we have the opportunity to take everything in. Am I right? You can wake up in the morning and before you even get to the shower, you can learn about some kind of catastrophe that happened in another state that you can't influence, but it starts to become intake for you. You can wake up, and before you're even ready for work, you can get a text message, right? And all of a sudden, it influences you. No lie. I was in Disney World, and I had told myself, I said, you know what, darling, I'm not going to check my email. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not even going to think about the church while we're at Disney. I'm going to be completely focused on the kids. And she was like, all right, cool. Pastor Brian said, make sure you don't do any of that. We had a different directors say, hey, we'll take care of this. Don't think about anything. And so we stopped to let the kids go use the restroom, and everybody went to the restroom but me, and I'm just sitting on the stroller, and I got nothing to do, and what do I naturally do out of muscle memory is I open my phone, and I check my email. And I had an email about something going on in the church, and because I took it in, it immediately began to influence the interpretation of my situation. I was in Disney, should have been having all this fun, and because of my intake, for a moment, it influenced it. I'm trying to tell us, church, that our interpretation of our situation is always going to be influenced by what we take in. We can't keep taking in bad things and expecting good results. In 2019, fixing to be 2020, you have everything at the tip of your finger. Tim, you got your you got your phone on you, real quick. Your iPhone. Let me see that for a second. Is this is this an iPhone? Are you a, are you an Apple guy? Okay. All right. So, so how many of y'all got an Apple phone? Raise your, raise your hand if you got an Apple phone. All right, here's what's crazy about this thing, is if you just push a button, you can get all of the world's information. You can learn about stock dips. You can learn if your fantasy football team is losing. You can learn what Kim K did today. And all right, you, you can learn anything you want to learn. And we take all this stuff in. We take it in. We take it in. And we wonder, why do I have anxiety and depression because what we take in. Can I show you something real quick? This isn't the newest iPhone. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not what I was going to. But here's what's crazy. Whether you got the newest one or whether you have a different model, they, they, when they were invented, when they were created, they were created with this crazy feature. All right, I, I think on this model, I think it's at the top. Let's see. You hold the button down. Oh, look at that. You see that? And you just go, ah. Do you know what I just did? Turned it off. Right? Come on, give God praise for turning off an iPhone. I don't have to take it in. Did you see how amazing that was? I just, look, now nobody can text me. Nobody can bother me. When I sit down to have dinner with my family, I don't have to take in stuff that I don't want to take in. When I get home with my spouse and I'm done with work, turn it off. Quit taking in everything and then wondering why we have anxiety and depression. Amen, church? Amen. Wives, say amen. amen. Look at your husband and say, turn it off. Husbands, look at your wife and say, get off Pinterest. <laughs> Here, leave this off if you want a good marriage. There you go, all right. It's all about intake. Intake. I, I share a lot with the church about my, my goals and my desires in the fitness world. And I share with you how my problem is always the fact that I want to look good and eat whatever I want. That's my motto in life. And, and yet, for some reason, every time I talk to a trainer, I've, I've shared before how Miss Caitlin, one of, a, one of the church members who's, who's kind of a personal trainer, um, I, I went to her for her help. And she had all these incredible workouts lined out. And then she said, okay, now let's talk about your diet. And I said, whoa, 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 don't touch my diet. I want to look like you, but I want to eat M&Ms every night. You know what I mean? I saw an Instagram picture that was my life. It said, I want buns of steel, but I also want buns of cinnamon. Can I get an amen? (laughs) That's my life, right? I want buns of steel, and I want buns of cinnamon. And so I've always had this problem, and Caitlin told me this, and every person tells me this. They say, it doesn't matter what you do in the exercise world if you don't watch what you eat, right? We understand it. Here, Here, I heard one trainer say it like this. You can't outwork a bad diet. Amen, church? How many of you understand that? How many of that makes sense to you, right? That makes complete sense. I can't outwork a bad diet. Can I, can I, can I, can I help you real quick? We can't outfeel bad intake. You can't outthink bad intake. We can read all the books we want to read. We can go to all the counseling sessions we want to go to. You can watch all the TED Talks you want to watch. It doesn't matter if you don't monitor what's going in. If we don't monitor the intake, then there's going to be moments where our interpretation of our situation is influenced by it, and we're going to find ourselves in anxiety and in depression, and we're going to go, why am I here? I'll never forget this. Darla has a degree in, uh, is it Christian psychology? just psychology. She has a degree in psychology. And so we had a friend who said, who who contacted us and said, hey, I I struggle with depression. He said, I got depression. Can we talk? And we said, sure. So we met with him and, and, and I and Darla went and I was, I, was, I was in the backseat. I wanted to see what Darla would say because Darla had the education. And, and I, I always think there's two sides to everything. I think there's the spiritual side and I think there's the practical side. And so I'm, I'm a big believer of that. That's why we put those resources in your sermon notes. I believe that you should be praying and you should be reading books and you should be looking for help. I just believe in that. And so I'm sitting back kind of in the backseat listening to what Darla going to say to the gentleman. And, and she starts to say things like this. She says, uh, put scripture all over your house. She says, in the bathroom, Put some scripture on a post-it note. By the coffee pot, put a scripture, put scripture on a post-it note. In your office cubicle, put scripture on a post-it note. And I'm listening, I'm like, that's genius. Here's what she's telling him. It's important what you take in. It's important what you take in. Because how can we ever face our feelings and lead our anxiety or lead our depression if all we're taking in is stuff that makes it worse, right? Right? It's funny because this is common sense, but we struggle with it. At some point, we have to be able to say, you know what? I'm just not going to take that in anymore because that doesn't help my situation. When we started this series, we opened it up with Philippians 4:6, and we said that Paul was telling us, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. We said Paul's telling us to lead our feelings to God. Two verses later, he shows us how to do this, and watch this. Finally, brothers and sisters, Philippians 4, chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Paul says, this is what you should be taking in. Talking about diets. You know what the most popular diet when it came out was? I think, is it keto where you can eat all the bacon you want to eat? Is that right, keto? You know why that was so popular? Because people said, You mean I could eat. As much as I want to eat, it doesn't matter. I don't have to weigh the pounds. I don't have to keep up with the numbers. I could just eat hundreds and hundreds of pieces of bacon, and I'd be fine. And they go, yes. Now, you'll die three years later of a heart attack, but that's not what we're talking about. You can, you can eat all the bacon you want because there's something in us that says, hey, I want to be able to take in all that I want. Paul says you can as long as it's what's true and noble and trustworthy and praiseworthy, you can eat it all you want. You just take it all in. Take it all in. The problem is that's not what we're choosing to take in. We're taking in the other things. Paul says if you want to lead your feelings, you need to watch what you take in. Amen? I want to close with this story real quick. I, this Something happened Recently, and the Lord brought it back to my memory in the, when, as I read this verse, uh, a couple weeks ago we had a uh, youth Christmas party. So we have a youth small group that meets every month, and we had a Christmas party. And hello. And um, is that my son? That, that's like the, the musical hook that says, get off the stage. Um, but we had, we had a game of Dirty Santa. Are you all familiar with Dirty Santa. Um, for some people, it's called White Elephant. I have no idea why it's called White Elephant. There's not an elephant. It's not white. doesn't make any sense. Um, but in case you're not familiar, the concept is you bring a gift, and they're all wrapped in the tree, and you pick a gift, and you're, you do it by numbers. And then once you open your gift, someone, the next person, can steal your gift if they want it, or they can go, and it just it kind of, people keep stealing all the way through. It's, you know what it is. Okay. So we're sitting there playing, and one of the teenagers comes over to me and says, Pastor Troy, wouldn't it just be more fun? if the gifts weren't wrapped? I was like, what do you mean? It's like, well, if the gifts weren't wrapped, like if you could just see all the gifts when we started. And I was like, "I don't. I, why would that be more fun? You know, and he's, like, he's like, well, then you would know what you want and you could just walk over and pick it up and then you would have it. And I thought, okay, whatever. Um, I didn't really continue in that conversation. But, but this week when I was praying and processing through Philippians 4.8, the Lord brought that back to me. And here's what I felt like he was telling me. For some reason, we like to treat life as if we are playing an emotional game of Dirty Santa. And we like to pretend like the things that we are taking in, we didn't know they were that when we got them. You know what I mean? As if we take something in and then we're opening up going, oh, I didn't know it was this. Oh, I'm sorry, God. Now I'm going to have anxiety. I really wanted something else, but I didn't know what this was. I just felt the Spirit of God tell me when it comes to our emotions, when it comes to our intake, everything's unwrapped you know when you pick it, what you're taking in. Can I tell you something, when you start that conversation with somebody and you're spilling the tea, you know what you're taking in. When you go to hang out with that one friend, you know what you're taking in. When you jump on Instagram, Facebook, you know what you're taking in. When you watch that TV show, you know what you're taking in. And it's just important for you and I to realize that Paul's saying, hey, if you really wanna lead your feelings, if you really want to lead your feelings, it's important for you and I to monitor what we take in. We can't just keep letting everything come, just let it go, everything, everything. As we were prepping for our trip, I, I'm not a big Disney person per se, but I really wanted my kids to enjoy it. And so I remember telling Darla, I said, I think my favorite thing about this trip is going to be the food, right? And uh, in case you, I, I'll give you just an a, a input real quick of some of the things. that There was one thing that was a Nutella Pop-Tart with bacon pieces on top of it. Come on, everybody say, oh, yeah. It was incredible. There was an ice cream cookie sandwich that was two sugar cookies with strawberry ice cream in the middle. Can I get a oh, yeah? Oh, man. And I remember telling Darla, I said, I'm a little worried because I feel like I'm going to come back from Disney weighing 20 pounds heavier. And she said to me, she said, it's okay. Because you're going to walk it all off. And I was like, well, hallelujah. That means I can eat. And so I just took everything in. Every, every time she was like, you want, a, you want a churro? I said, let's get a churro. She said, you want a cinnamon bun? I said, let's get a cinnamon bun. Let's just get it all. Let's eat. Let's put the churro in the cinnamon bun and eat the cinnamon bun with the churro. You know what I mean? I can just take it all in. Listen, when it comes to our emotional and our spiritual life, we can't just take it all in. Right? And so I want to show you one quick verse and then we'll get ready to close this up that I thought really set the tone for all of this. And it's when the angel tells Joseph, listen to this, listen. The angel tells Joseph, don't worry because what is in her is from the Holy Spirit. So here's what he's saying. What is in her is from God. And that was the sentence. That was the moment that brought peace for Joseph in his mind, in his emotions. But when I read it, and I was reading it for us, I read it a different way. And here's how I want you to hear it. Are y'all listening? Here's how I want you to hear it. I want you to look at the statement like this. What in here is from him? What in here is from him? What does that mean? It means it towards a couple different things. Number one is this. What in here is from him? What thoughts am I having that are from God, right? Secondly, when it comes to us entering into situations, this holiday season and into 2020, when you walk into a situation and you have to take something in, you have to take in a conversation, you have to take in a relationship, you have to take in an experience, I want you to ask, what in here is from him? It's time for us to monitor our intake. Amen? I want to invite our band up real quick. And at this time, our auditorium hosts are going to start passing around the candles. And once you get those, I'm going to share just a little bit more on this concept, on this situation for the holidays. that verse said in Matthew 1 that I think is so important is there's a moment where it refers to one of Jesus' names. And that's the name Emmanuel. And in parentheses, it said God with us. Do you remember what was in the parentheses? Our what? Our perspective. So here's what the scripture's saying. Listen to me. Scripture's saying that God's plan is Emmanuel, but the perspective he wants you to have of Jesus is God with us. Do me a favor, once you get your candle, would you stand? Mr. Brian, can I get one of those? Everyone's going to gather along with family, sit around some meals, open some presents. But more than that, you and I are prepping for 2020. And if there's a thought that I really want you to kind of soak in on this year, it's the thought of what in here is from him. So here's the first thing I want you to do is I want you to look around for a second. What in here is from him? The first thing you have to be thankful for this year is your family, your friends, your church. As you're gathering around, as you're prepping for the new year again, what in here is from him? To be able to process whatever you're hearing, whatever you're taking in, making sure that what you're taking in going into the new year is from the Holy Spirit. I think that's so important, church. I think it's important for us to understand that we don't do this thing alone. And that as you get ready to look back on 2019 and look forward to 2020, what do you have to be thankful for? What can you thank God for? How many of you right now, just, just by the raising of your hand, just say, I- I've got something to be thankful for in 2019. God did something amazing in my life. He did it through Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is God with us. And I think it's a great opportunity for you and I to just have a moment as we hold our little ones and as we worship together and we thank God for all that he did in 2019 and we quietly reflect in expectation of what we wanted to do in 2020. Let's worship together.
1: give him praise church give him praise all around this place hallelujah to the Word. hallelujah
0: Jesus I want to thank you for bringing your family and enjoying Christmas here at Victory Church again I think it's a special time moments and matter what age, no matter where you're at in life, the opportunity to stop with your family and just say, thank you, God. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for all that you're going to do in good times and in bad, in expected, expected times and in unexpected times. We give you the praise and we give you the glory. So from my wife, Veda and Casey Ray, and the Powell family, we wish you a Merry Christmas.